everybody, I'm Krishan, and you're watching Hashtag First TV. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe, and have a little fun with us. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Troy Beats Music. And if you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for All the Tea with Verse TV here right now. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right to it in the building all the way from Baltimore. We got in the building, Krishan, ladies and gentlemen, right here. Thank you for being here, Krishan. We appreciate you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, for, for those audience out there, who, you know, I just mentioned you're from Baltimore. I'm not sure if that's where you, like, normally, where you were born or if that's where you reside. But tell me yes. where you're from well, originally and where you're from originally. Uh, you said you are from Baltimore originally? Yes. Yes. Okay, so has being from Baltimore influenced your music at all? Like, what's first of all, before I get into that, I know you do something a little bit different. So tell me the style of music you do. Let's get into that first. Well, I don't think I... Um, I, I I'm not going to categorize... That's why I name myself Pop... I love R&B music. That, mm -hmm. That's my first love. Um, but because I'm so neglected, that's why I named my genre. I named what I do pop. Because it's just easier to throw a lot of things into the pop category. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't think that I am one genre, but being from Baltimore has influenced, especially my up-tempos. Like, um, my first single on the, my album, Opus One, is Blow Speakers, and Blow Speakers is heavily um, influenced by Baltimore club music. Growing up, I love club music. It's just everything about it, um, the just the, the beat of it, the, the funness of it, the not taking itself so seriously, and mm -hmm. that's what inspired me when I went into to make Blow Speakers. It was just a fun time. It wasn't me trying to overthink things. It wasn't me trying to take myself serious at all. I just wanted to make a fun song. That's why it's highly repetitive because Baltimore Club, Baltimore Club is repetitive AF. And it's just a fun song, but I did want to consciously make it um, kind of like an anthem and not just a love song. So that's about the only thing. And I wanted to make an anthem about just being single and and when you're done with that bad relationship, just, and um, it used to be a, um, I don't know where you're from. I'm from New York. I don't know if you remember um, a club called Hippo. Have you, did you ever go out? So at, at Club Hippo, I used to um, go there every Thursday night. And that was like a hip hop night, whatever, mainly for the black gays. <laughs> so. <laughs> And they had speakers, and um, for like for like years, I used to be so scared to dance on the speakers. But one day, I was um, tipsy off a of Jello shot, and I got my ass up on the speakers. And ever since then, I would I would I never looked back. I always tried to make sure that I got up there and I danced on the speakers. So that's why I named it Blow Speakers because, and at the time, I was um, getting over somebody that I like. A, a lot and and just writing my song off of that time um being newly single being newly free and just getting up on those speakers and just dancing my life away come on break, breaking out the speakers i see you look it took that one thing <laughs> to, to change that you know make a change and sometimes it's that one thing that's all we need um how, how long have you been doing music overall I've been doing music um, ever since I was about eight, um, probably earlier than eight, 
Um, I've been one. I've been singing songs in front of my family members. I remember um, when my grandparents were living, we used to go down to their house, and they would have these Christmas holiday parties, and we would just sing. Uh, me and my cousins and my siblings, we would just sit there and sing. Disney song, especially The Lion King, that, that was my favorite. <laughs> uh, it just sing Disney songs in front of them and perform in front of them. So I always loved music, and it wasn't until I watched Brandy's, um, I was watching Moesha, and it was like UPN, and it was like um, the world premiere of Brandy's new music video with Monica, The Boy Is Mine. And that was the first time, I think it was the second time ever I saw a music video. Cause I think on UPN, they debuted the Spice Girls music video first. But I really wasn't, I was a little bit too young to be into music. But at that time when Monica and Brandy came on, I was like, you can do this for re in real life? You can you can do music for real? It's just not in a cartoon? It's not <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I wanna do that. I wanna make music videos. I wanna sing on the radio. And ever since then, it changed my life. Um, the, the, the Boy Is Mine was my first ever music purchase, um, other than Disney movies and soundtracks. But that, that was with my own money. Brandy and Monica's albums were my first albums I've ever purchased. And ever since then, I never looked back. I've always wanted to do music. But as my own artist, it was about 2013 and I, I just had, I was like, I just gotta do this because I went to open mics and I went to um, contests and stuff like that and and nothing ever came about it. And I was, I told myself I was gonna do this on my own. Um, it was, I, I was like, I'm just, I just gotta do, I just gotta do it. And at the time, around that time, it was like, everybody was like, um, record labels want you to do this and that and do this and that and some and i guess as when you're young you only look at like the zeitgeist was happening and it's like if i gotta do all this by myself then i don't need a record label so i'm just gonna continue to do these open mics i'm just going to continue to do these contests but a year turns into two two to the turns into three and if in the whole getting a record deal is such a um such a double-edged sword because you're literally you you they give multitude of access but you're literally sitting there waiting for somebody to, to discover you waiting for somebody to tell you that you are special waiting for somebody to open the door for you and what if that person never come sometimes that person never comes so i was like i'm just gonna do it myself i'm gonna I'm going to, um, I'm just going to have to record my, myself. And I've tried to get people, I try to get producers. I try to get people to want to work um, with me with songwriting. Um, and it was just so hard. Like, so people don't want to work with you because you don't have anything. People don't um, want to work with you because uh, you, you're a certain genre and they put you in that certain mode. And then there's the money issue. Like at that time, I was about like, what, 20, 21, 20, 20, in the 21 to 25 range. And in that range, I, yeah, I had a job, but 
paying $150, paying $200 for music, mm-hmm. at that age, it's, it's just a lot. Like, it's a lot of money. And, and I'm like, I can't... Some people don't want to work with you, then you can't afford stuff. So I was like... I had software before from this software called um, M-Audio, and it was like this USB mic that you could record yourself. But then my computer had crashed. So then in 2013, I was I told myself when I wanted to do this on my own, I looked up what other kind of software M-Audio was, because that's when I was taking myself seriously. And then, and then I do admit at the age, I was... I knew I wanted to do music and I knew I wanted to be an artist, but I was mainly focused on going out and spending my money on clothes. And sometimes you just have to tell yourself, you have to get yourself in the mind frame to take yourself seriously and then take your dreams into your own hands. So I looked up M-Audio stuff and they had, they were working on a new software called Ignite and it was a, a musical software. And at the time, I was trying my best to save up for Pro Tools. Pro Tools at the time was like seven hundred something dollars. Right. Everything was just deterring me. Whether I wanted to do this, whether I fucked up my aunt's car, had to pay her five hundred dollars for that. Everything, and it was just so hard. But then Ignite came, and Ignite was only was free if you purchased um, a MIDI keyboard or anything. MIDI at the time. And I already had previously had a MIDI keyboard and I had the USB mic, but I wanted to upgrade. So I spent maybe like 150 to 200 dollars on a MIDI keyboard, got the Ignite software. Mm-hmm. And I would just I would just start playing it. And then that February, Beyonce's um Life is but a dream came on. And it inspired the hell out of me. When I took everything for throttle I started taking everything for throttle, and that's when I really started taking the brand Krishan um, seriously. Got you. And when it comes to I your, I mean, to be long-winded. <laughs> no, I got you. I'm listening. You got us into we into it. When it comes to your, since we're talking about your music, like, so do you produce your own beats or somebody else produce your beats? Do you write your own music or somebody else writes it? I write everything. I produce everything. Um, like I said, it was up to me to take my um take my career and take my dream into my own hands um like things were just way too expensive for one track and then so many producers had so many stipulations and i am i am i've always wanted to be hands-on um i never saw myself as a producer though but i've always knew what i wanted how i wanted my songs to sound like i said when i'm when I used to go to the clubs, I used to just tune out and just hear every instrument in the music and just soak up every like beat. And and I would hear like certain certain sound effects that they would use, and it would inspire me to to like this is what I want my music to sound like. This is how I wanted to sound. And at the time, I I didn't want to do it, and it was the most stressful thing ever trying to produce your own music, but I had to do it. I started writing songs when I was about 13, and then I started producing my own music in 2013. Yep, I started writing music when I was 13, well, 12, and we were on the same age. Well, I'm a, I'm a couple months older because I turned 34 this year, but, you know, there's a, there's a difference in, you know, things that we, you know, our similarity in what we did, and that's kind of crazy. Adrian, that's so, like, that just shows us being the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Like, it's so dope. I'm, I'm like, 
especially through, through, through Verse TV, like, I've been meeting a lot of amazing people who are on the same way that can do some amazing things. Um, I feel like... Yeah, I'll, know, let, I'll let you up. I think you have a very powerful voice. I like I like your voice a lot. Um, and I actually seen you when, when I started, um, because y'all used to work with um, somebody that I know, um, Buddha. And Buddha introduced me to Verse T TV, and I started following y'all through there. And then when you popped up, I'm like, where do I see him from? Because you watched The Circle, and I saw you yeah. on The Circle. I was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then when I watched the episode with, um, I forgot his Earthtone. name. The, yes, Earthtone. And they do the podcast, the um, Herbal Tea Podcast. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's who I, that's who he because he had mentioned you on there because yeah. um, y'all did y'all collaborated together. Yeah, we did so a I'm couple like, things okay. together. Yeah, yeah. Dope. See, come on, no, no one's ever actually said that I let you up to me on here. So that's <laughs> the first. <laughs> so that's good to know that people are paying attention too. I would have done the yeah. same thing. I'm lie. But good to know. Yeah, I just feel like you know, I look. Of course, I have to look you up. Um, you know, which is you know my job, but. I think I shout out to you for doing the same thing, but I feel like, you know, definitely on the same way. Like, I started, you know, writing music at 12 and I started producing my own stuff, and I never thought I would do any of those things. But, like you said, if no one wants to do it for you, you got to do it for yourself. So, it's, it's important that you do that. And, and since we're talking about your music, let's talk about something more specific. People often skip bridges, and you include some bridges in your music. And, you know, bridges require talent. Your song, Growing Pains, has a nice bridge. Tell us about your growing pains, and also tell us, you know, why you felt like move to do the third verse at, at, the, at the bridge because it was super dope um i think aaron had mentioned in the in his notes that he was a 90 he loved 90s music but when houston and i am the same right. way um mariah carey is one of my all-time favorite inspirations so i don't even think that i feel right sometimes i purposely don't do it just to make to switch up my songs because I do have a couple songs that I don't have any bridges. Um, and I do it on purpose, so I won't become monotonous. But I love a good bridge, and I love a good I love a good third verse. And on Growing Pains, um, I did it that way because I just wanted to change it up a little bit. I didn't want to take it all the way home, but I still wanted to make it sim simplistic, um, but still make, make people feel it. And and if you can tell, is the it's it's heavily inspired by Mariah Carey. <laughs> um, Come on now. So yeah, and Growing Pains is one of my all-time favorite songs. Sometimes I listen to it, and and I'm like, damn, did I do this? Like, not that you my own home, but did I really make this song and and the harmonies that I use. I'm, and sometimes I just look back and like I am so proud of myself. Even if nothing comes from this, I, I can I can say that I am proud of myself. I did this. Yeah. Thank, yeah. And the song is actually about um, just growing up and you not realizing because in 2014 I had moved to New York City and it was the first time I've ever been on my own. And just knowing things that people tell you when you're younger and you just. And you have to experience it for yourself. And sometimes these fables that they try to tell you, they're just not true. And and I don't I don't know about y'all, but <clears throat> I grew up I grew up like um, middle class. So my mother was a director of a shelter, and so sometimes 
you 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 can kind of get get knocked into other people's um at the time um people people just give you their own what they they think in the world but when i moved to new york city i just saw i, I, I just had a different experience i started struggling financially it was the worst time of my life and grown pains was originally written and I would say probably like 2005 off of a friendship. Okay. So when it comes to growing pains, you, one of the things you were talking about in regards to that, you were talking about you growing up, you, you, then you said living in New York and struggling. That was sort of the last thing I heard. Can you, can you pick up from there for me? Okay. So when I said that um, growing pains was originally about a friend of mine and how we grew apart. But when I moved to New York, I had to grow up, and I, that's when that's the first time I started paying my own bills. Um, I had to work multiple jobs, and the growing pains took on a deeper meaning. And the fact that these fables that people tell you about working hard and um, picking yourself up from your own bootstraps, all these things are, are false in this world. Especially living in New York City, where you have so many homeless people and you have so many people working two or three jobs to maintain small places, you have in the same vein these these stores like luxury stores, Dior and Chanel and Versace, and all this wealth, and nobody's helping anybody. Right. And you you realize like. When people say, oh, these people are in that situation because they did something, it's, 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 it's not true. These circumstances, these, these systems are put in place to, to put people in certain situations. Right. And sometimes you're lucky, and that's the only thing that keeps you from, from, from being in a bed, in your own bed, to being on the street is luck right. and so that's that's why when i revisited growing pains for the album i it just took on a deeper meaning that that i wanted to have and and just just not listening to to what people tell you 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 have you can listen to what people tell you but when you experience things for yourself that's when you have to take the reins in your own hands and right. you have to become your own person Right. Right. Facts. That's facts. Um, every time I hear you talk, it reminds me a little more. It's just like you sort of have the exact same like battle of action that Little Mo has. I always look at things like that. It reminds me of her. Um, but, but why the why does what the stage name come from? Why Sean? Oh, um, my real name is Christopher, but Christopher is the most boring name <laughs> in history. And I swear, and my mother only gave it to me so it looked good in the application. You know, <laughs> black man in America thing. But growing up, you say Chris, you say Christopher, and it's like five motherfuckers with your name. Like you don't you 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 don't feel special. You don't feel original. And I had and I went through this phase where when I first went to school and I had some Chris I had another my first Christopher that I ever met. 
And the teacher called him Christopher, and she wanted to call me Chris. And in the back of my mind, I was always mad because it's like, Christopher's my name. Why are you coming to him? But um, getting older for the stage, and they don't mean to go on a tangent, but get um, um, wanting to become a musician, I wanted to become, like, one-name divas. Like <laughs> Usher and Cher and Madonna. And I just couldn't. I didn't want to have a last name, so I picked the thing closely to my name and to, to, to not to, to not necessarily feel like a stage name because Krishan to me doesn't feel like a stage name it feels like my name and I've had this name ever since I was like 14 so my cousins and my friends call me Krishan so it actually doesn't feel like a stage name it actually just feels like my name I think I'm gonna change it one day <laughs> you're gonna change it to what you're gonna change it to a simple prince you're gonna be you're gonna, be, you're gonna take it to the next level like prince there huh change it no to i'm gonna change the krishan that's it oh, oh oh you mean on your birth certificate just to krishan got it exactly. okay got it legally changed it got it yeah, I got exactly got it, got it, got it. Got oh it. yeah so i just wanted to be a one-name diva that's it <laughs> got it ain't nothing wrong with that but it sounds really good it, it works perfectly for your personality and, your, and everything about it so it works so tell me this what's, what's of course you're welcome so what's the hardest part about being for Sean the artist? Oh, um, the hardest part is doing every doing all this work um, by myself. I, I I don't want to do it, but it like I said, when you don't have like clout or if you don't have like um, a name in the business or anything. You just gotta do everything yourself because I can't afford to pay people, and um, it's just hard to come by like like working with people. So you just have to do. It. That's the hardest thing about it: doing everything yourselves, um, reaching out to people, and that's another. A lot of a lot of the times, people don't tell you, but the rejection is. It can be, it can be so like heavy hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, having people tell you no, you never realize, and, and I'm, and I'm very ambitious. Mm-hmm. I will try to get in contact with, with all kinds of people, whether you do blogs, whether you do online radios, whether you do online magazines and, and, and being ambitious, I don't, I don't ever wait for any, anybody to come to me. Um, best believe y'all were on my my PR list that I was going to hit up until you hit me up. But I'm I'm working on new music, so that's why I'm I'm not trying to to be in the um um trying to reach out to people. But yeah. I am I I'm definitely um I'm trying to be my own go getter because I am um, naturally shy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to tell, but. And Krishan has really opened me up because if I want to be successful and if I want to take this seriously, I have to be open to people. I have to be open to talking to people and not just on stage because I feel comfortable on stage. Um, I feel I feel like I'm going to piss and shit myself before I get on stage. (laughs) But on the stage, I'm comfortable. Um, but I have to be my own go-getter and doing everything by myself, like contacting people, um, having to do my own photo shoots, having to produce and record my own music. Those are the worst parts about being Krishan. <laughs> gotcha. 
Yeah, but ultimately, too, I just want to drop something on you from another artist to another artist, because you, you say lift me up, you know, so you understand a little bit about what I do. Uh, but I do want to tell you this. There are people out there who will believe in you the way you believe in yourself. That will do it, not for the money, but for the teamwork of doing it together to make it happen. Because if the thing is this. There are people out there who need what you who, who, who need the credibility of working with an artist who's consistent, who are making things move, who make who, who are doing what they need to do. You have a look, you have an image, and, you know, it, you have a great package from you and so why believe and stress on some of that and allow you to be more of the artist and creative when there's people out here that will work with you that will do it because they want to be part of a team you know what i'm saying so you just got to put it out there that you know i do this thing called the swi with my friends and it's basically saying it's saying speak things into existence you know it's like you gotta you 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 talented enough to make it happen that people will want to work with you you know what i'm saying it might you know we both independent artists and we might have tried to do some silly stuff that we might have been qualified for that you know it didn't seem like you want to give us the, the chance to do it and that's why we did things on our own. We made things happen. What you did, same thing as I. But now I want you to know that you can have all that if you want it. You know what I'm saying? You just got to put it out there and say, you know, and let it be what it is because you're talented enough to make it happen. Trust me. Just put, have faith. That's all I'm saying. You I'm, can... I'm, I'm trying. And I don't want to become those people. And I and I, every day I, I try to tell myself, I don't want to become those, one of those people who... Um, um, yell to the mountaintops. I did all this on my own, and I don't need anybody help, and I don't want to put other people on. Because in this business, it can really get to that. Because when I tell you, I, I've not just experienced um, rejection on the publicity stuff, but I had dancers, and we rehearsed um, for, for performances, and then at the last minute, canceled on me. Um, I've had collaborators, other artists that I wanted to collaborate with, and some some of them will make up excuses. And I'm and I'm not trying to um to 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 act like I know people's situation, but people with just as many followers as me, with managers, and their managers having to see if the collaboration is good enough for the brand like all those things or, or have people that i want to work with at the last minute say oh um i'm going in a new direction or i'm not doing any music anymore and then mm -hmm. i see them do music with someone else those yeah. are the kind of things that are just like just it, it just it just weighs on your heart but I, but i do want to be a type of person who gives back i my my goal is if I'm in a position to work with other people, to to help people get their own shit together. And but but being rejected so many times, sometimes it can turn you to like, I don't want to work with people no more. But I would tell you this. It gives you a thicker skin. It gives you um, I know what to expect now. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings as much as it did. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like like I said, like I, I'm trying, I'm trying to have faith, and I'm trying to always keep faith, um, right. because I know it's a bigger picture. Right. Um, and especially being LGBTQ queer in the queer community, it's a bigger picture for for somebody, for multitudes of people to try to make it, and you have to believe in yourself in order to do the, to do those things. Absolutely. But when I tell you that I've experienced a rejection, I've experienced a rejection on all sides. 
Listen, that's why you are where you are now, because you're overcoming it. You wouldn't be where you are if you wasn't overcoming it. So pat yourself on the back for that. Um, so last but not least, as I wrap up this part of it, before we get to our adversity questions, um, what is the main thing you want our Verse TV audience to learn about Krishan today as we walk away? Um, I, w- I would like to for them to learn that Krishan is 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 kind. Krishan wants to to give back to the community. Um, Krishan wants to empower the community, Q plus community, Black Q plus community, to be specific. Um. I want them to know that I just want to have fun. I don't want to take myself too seriously. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be stuffy. Anything like that. I just. I just want to be me. I want to be free. I want to be me. I want to live this life. <laughs> <laughs> and just have right. fun. That's right. So tell me what's next for Kashana. What's you don't know you got your album and you know Opus One. So what's next for you? Like what are you working on? What should we expecting from you? What should we be on the lookout for? Hopefully, hopefully, if I give myself, if I'm, if I stop being indecisive, I can get like new music out this year, because actually last summer I was working on my second album, and. And things was coming along pretty well, but then in January, I changed directions on that album, and it would prolong me to delay the album, because I wanted a single out by February or March. But then me changing the direction of the album in January, the the, the, the theme of the album, what I wanted to talk about, um, the production of the album, and because I do everything myself, things take time, and... Um, I try not to work if I'm not inspired. And I try to, when, but when I'm inspired, I try to go full throttle because I told myself, being frustrated in music, being frustrated in life is one of the worst things ever. I wasn't, growing up, I wasn't really a stressful person. But as, as I grew up, had responsibilities, stress hit me like a ton of bricks. So I wanted music, and, and when I was in New York, it was, I went months without making music. I went months without even listening to music. Mm. And it was the one of the, most, the hardest times I ever had. And gotcha. when I actually put in earbuds and started listening to music, it was like a, a serum or something. Somebody shot me with a serum. <laughs> and, or, or like, it was like Superman, being around kryptonite and now i just been injected with rays of the sun i never understood how much i love music until i started just listening to it not even making my own but just sitting there listening to music just consuming it gave me life it, it breathed a new breath into me and 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 when i'm not when i'm not inspired how stressful it is so if i'm not in, in this music, I don't, I don't ever want it to be stressful. When I'm making it, when I'm creating it, I don't want it to be stressful because I'm my own, my own manager and stuff. Right. I have those stresses. But me being the creative person, I don't ever want to have any stresses. So right. I kind of don't want to give myself deadlines. So in January, the album took a different turn, which delayed it. But then COVID nineteen happened, and I had just talked myself into not releasing my my record because 
I'm independent, and even though, um, and my records are are special to me. I'm an album artist. Um, like I am, I am a heavenly like that. Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Lauryn Hill type of person. Where when I sit down, I want to create a body of work. I want to. That's just what I am. Like I said, my first album was Brandy and Monica. So I don't even know how to listen, know how to operate without without being an album. I don't even know how to do that. So making an album, I want to take my time. I wanted I wanted to 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 be, to be a castle in time of my life, and then I had to take a pushback. So I'm trying to. I do want to release though, because I don't want to to go a long time without releasing music. Because I am independent and I don't have a fan base, and I gotta keep my name out there. Right. So I'm, I don't know if I want to do an EP. I don't know what if I want to just do a deluxe edition of Opus One. All of these things, but I know I'm just going to start releasing singles. So at, at the end of this year, if it happens to be on a little project, then so be it. But gotcha. yes, that's the new direction Krishan is going in. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. So we have five quick questions. Just you can answer really simple, really quick. But these are questions we like to ask everybody before we leave. So okay. um, without further ado, the first one is this. If you had all the money or power necessary, what would you do or change you feel be most beneficial for the LGBTQ plus community? Um, I've always thought about, um, ever since my experience in New York City, um, one of my outlets that I had in New York City was going to places like um, GMAD, which is um, Gay Men of Africa. Yeah, and it's kind of, and they had like a group, and they had like a group thing. And now that was that was me and my sister's way of um, just meeting other LGBT people in the community and um, just I don't I don't I don't it was this YouTube channel that used to be on it was dedicated to LGBT people and I was at a club and the people on the on the that was on the YouTube channel had happened to be in the club and they had and one of them a couple of them worked at GMAD. So they introduced us to GMAD. So it was like you met people, you met different kinds of people, and sometimes they would get mixers and stuff to meet people. But in that, um, they did community work. And it just opened my eyes to just how fucking disenfranchised we are, how much we need to, we need help. So... If I had all the money in the world, I would start off um, getting like homeless shelters together, more um, facilities to help. Um, and I was because of the the the, um, the healthcare act. Me and my sister was talking. I think I would try to get get like um, my own kind of healthcare, especially if I had all the money in the world. I could probably get my own kind of queer healthcare situation. <clears throat> you know what what you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely something like that will be, you know, beneficial, especially what we talked about earlier, where talking about how doctors want to be able to do things and not be able to, you know, serve certain people. So what you're trying to do with that first question will be awesome. So I'm going to move on to question number two. Um, it, it starts with the quote first, and the quote is this. Ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair. But ask me, 
what am I living for? And Dito asked me what I think is keeping me from living for the thing I want to live for. And that's by Thomas Morton. So this is the actual question. What is your goal in life? And what is um, part B to that is um, what's slowing you down from achieving that goal? Um, my goal in life is to to make to make my career come true. <laughs> that that's my that's my ultimate goal, my selfish goal. But if 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 I could do anything with my time here is to inspire people. I want to inspire people. I want people to have self worth. Um, I want people to know that they don't need someone to validate them. They don't need someone else to love them. Um, love starts with who you are in your heart first. And self-worth starts with who you are. And when you look in the mirror, because if you're by yourself and you don't, and no one can tell you that you're beautiful, then what do you do? What do you have? So if you can look in, your, in the mirror and if you can be by yourself and, and tell yourself that you're worth it, then I think that's my ultimate goal is to help inspire people. Um, gotcha. That's why when I told you that Blow Speakers was a conscious decision to to make club music, but to make an anthem, um, an empowering anthem. And that's what I hope to do in my music. Nice. Yes, keep talking. So, so what's your deepest fear? And then fears? if you have a, a second part of that question, what oh, is it? Yeah. It was just what was slowing you down from, from achieving that goal. Oh, money, girl. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if your pronouns, but right. yeah, just money. Like, money is the root of all evil when it comes to us independent artists. <laughs> right, fact. Definitely true. That's definitely true. But we, that's why we make it to choose now by putting, you know, one foot four, be the other, and putting yourself out there. Uh, number three, what is your deepest tea? I something that you've never shared on social media before, but something that you wanted to share with us. Um, I don't know. Like I don't. I mean, I'm I ain't Beyonce, so I got a whole life that people don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, um. I eat way damn too much sweets. <laughs> way too much sweets, you said? You're, yes. you're a sweet addict? You're addicted to yes, sweets? Yes, I love, especially not, I, I'm, I'm not like a candy eater, but if you give me a baked good, damn. <laughs> give me a cupcake or a donut. Cupcakes, yeah. brownies, oh my God. Those are the loves of my life. <laughs> right. My life. <laughs> oh, I love it. So number four is this. What stumbling block have you encountered the biggest stumbling block? Pretty much, have you encountered on your, along your way on your journey with your work, and how did you overcome it? Um. Well, the biggest stumbling block that I have encountered is it is it's it's everything. It's 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 everything. It's not it's not having a team. It's doing everything on your own. It's. It's not having financial backings when you want them to happen because life happens and I don't have sponsors, all of those. This this whole career is a setback <laughs> in itself mm -hmm. and I'm still on that journey. I have not yet overcame it. So it's a daily process. It's a, it's a, it's a daily situation it's, a, it's daily happening you're overcoming it daily yes That's what we're doing. but i did but i will say 
I am overcoming rejection. I am overcoming having to to to, to, to knowing that I'm going to be in this on my own. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. And last but not least, the last question is this. Ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work? Um, I want my legacy to be, like I said before, empowerment. I want it to be something based off of self-worth. Um, just when you think of Krishan, I want you to think of the person who is like, damn, Krishan helped me out during this, this point in time in my life. Krishan inspires me to be a better person. Um, kind of like a lot of my favorite artists along the way. Like, like I said, Beyonce is one of, is the biggest inspiration of me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she, she puts out self-worth and empowerment through her music. And Mariah Carey is another one. Um, I started writing music um, because of Mariah and because of Beyonce. And I started just looking in a dictionary for big words like Mariah. Like, I didn't even have the time. Mariah was a dictionary. Listening to some of the Mariah stuff was a dictionary in itself. Just teaching you different things and and just how she wrote from her pain. And it can inspire people. So I want to yeah. do that. I want to inspire people. And not just in music. I want to inspire people in advocacy, um, and 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 help and help reshape this world into a, to be better. Come on now, that's the way you do it. That's what I'm talking about. Tell me where to find you one more time. There's one simple thing everywhere. Tell me where to find you. Oh, you y'all had um this um I wanna I wanna say this um, mm -hmm. and one of the questions it was a question about what was your something about. What was your biggest inspiration or something that inspired you? I'll tell you right now. Yeah, it's pretty much, it must have been about, it could have been about the artist that inspired you, but you want to talk about uh, what inspired um, yeah, you? Yeah, it's one quote. It's a K. Michelle quote um, that she had that it, it just blew my mind when I heard it. And it was like a little video clip. You can look it up. And she says, about being a musician no one um no one's gonna doesn't have to like you no one's gonna be there for you it is i'm paraphrasing but it's just it's so simple but yet so powerful like people don't have to like you people don't have to be a part of your business people don't have to listen to your music and that that is another um thing that i had to overcome like you're as an artist you can't be hurt if someone doesn't care for you and someone doesn't want to work with you and like i said about rejection i don't feel ill will in the beginning it did hurt um in the beginning it did make me feel um a kind of way because as artists we do take these things in as very sensitive because everything is about us and, th and this is our lives but when we say that we're artists, that doesn't mean that people have to be on board with it. People don't have to look you up. People don't have to listen to your music. And I hate when artists get online and they say things like, oh, that my album didn't hit number one because y'all didn't um, listen to it or y'all not playing my records. 
when you still got a million people listening to your records. It's not number one, but it's still a million people. You still have people out there trying to support you and trying to, and you're putting the blame on these people. Maybe you need to go out and find new fans because certain songs only hit because of the general public. Like no one owes us anything. And I think when, once we wrap our heads around that, you'll become a better business person for one. And you'll just become a better artist because you'll start making music for yourself and not, and not for to please other people. You can find me on all platforms. Um, you can find me, my music everywhere. Spotify, mm. Apple Music, iTunes, Bandcamp, um, on my website, Krishan.com. If you want to buy my music, that's the best way to buy it <laughs> um, because I get way bigger cut <laughs> on Krishan.com, C-R-I-S-E-A-N.com. Um, all socials, I am at I am Krishan. Yep, that's that's it. Yes, thank you so much for trying to be here, you ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoyed. He's here with us all week long, so make sure you guys check it out. This has been all the team with Verse TV again. I'm at Troy Meets at Troy Weeks Music on everything, of course. And uh, stay tuned for more because we keep it coming each and every week, guys. We'll see you guys again next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs>